to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it, like Biggie tried to do, and saying, no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Selfish ambition is the desire and determination to achieve success for personal recognition. Let me say that again. Selfish ambition is the desire and determination to achieve success for personal recognition. Because this opposes the will of God. Selfish ambition opposes the will of God. Y'all say that with me. Selfish ambition, Selfish ambition. opposes the will of God. Opposes. Because God wants a people that's not in it for themselves. Philippians 3 and 13. Brethren, I count not myself. This is Paul saying to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. And Paul at one point said, you know, if anybody was going to brag, it could be me. Because I'm the most learned among you. I've hung out with the greatest philosophers there are. I've studied under the, the, the best of the best. I was the, the greatest Pharisee that was. So Paul could have easily just, you know. He could have run down the list of his resume. But he says, man, I count not myself to have, to have apprehended. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward unto those things which are before me. What's before you, Paul? I press toward the mark for the prize of the what? High calling of who? God in Christ Jesus. So he's basically saying, forget who I am. Forget who I was. Forget all that I have achieved. In another passage, I read it last week, he said, we can count everything I've done as dung, D-U-N-G, doo-doo. It's worthless. It's waste. Because now I have a new focus, and my focus is the high calling of God, what God wants me to do. And what God wants you to do and wants you to be is a high calling because God is most high. Amen? Being a good father in your home is a high calling because God is most high. Amen. Being a great mother that takes care and raises and nurtures her children is a high calling. Because God is most high. See, the amen start thinning out because you don't get recognized for that in this society. You know, a mom that's raising her kids? Who, who wants to do that? You got to get out there, girl, and get you, get you something. Don't let your kids hold you back. Don't let your husband and family hold you back. No, those are high callings. What we achieve in this life should be for the sake of others, 
not for ourselves. Can you give your life away? Really? Can you give your life away? Your reputation, who you think you are, who you desire to be in the eyes of others. Can you forget about that? And worry about others? As far as helping them and blessing them and bringing them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ? Can we partake of that? And, and, and can we really deny ourselves? That's the question. But what we achieve in this life should not be for our sake only, but it should be for others. Even though we desire to feel good, we should feel good when others feel good. Did you hear that? Even though we, we want to feel good about what we're doing and that kind of thing, but we need to make it about others as well. We should not be on a quest to feel good about ourselves and use people to make us feel better. We should be making people better. Does that make sense? We should be making people better. We shouldn't be doing anything that brings people down, pushing people down or comparing people to ourselves. No, we should be boosting people up and helping people feel better about who they are. Amen. That's our job. Galatians 5 and 14 for the whole law. All of the law is fulfilled in one word. This is Paul. Even this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In other words, you should put your neighbor first. In order to see God operate through us, we must be what? Little s. Poor in spirit. Some people don't know what that means. This means we must decrease our selfish pursuits and allow God to reign in our lives. When you decrease your selfish pursuits, you become poor in spirit, meaning that your human spirit is free. You're not pushing yourself. You're not pushing your thing. You're not pushing who you want to be in the eyes of others. But you have decreased to that and allowed God Reign over your life. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. So those that have decreased and denied themselves, they're the ones that'll get the kingdom. That's how God's kingdom is built. He can't build his kingdom on your fleshly desires. His kingdom has to be built on what he has deemed his kingdom. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's why that whole seven mountain theology thing, that's why it didn't work. And it's not going to work because we're not going to build God's kingdom on our desires. It's just not going to happen. And Jesus don't want them seven mountains. <laughs> Devil already offered them to him. Yeah. That's right. Devil took him up and showed it, all, showed it all to him. Here, here are the kingdoms of this world. He said, they're mine to give, meaning I own them. Yeah. So how are you going to take them from the devil? Did I just preach? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Less. Y'all ever heard the saying, less is more? Less of us is always more. You ever been around somebody that talks about themselves so much until you just want to just jump out of the moving vehicle? (laughs) The Holy Spirit comes into our lives to cause us to walk in God's power and not our own. So the Holy Spirit, he's not going to compete with us. So we have to totally deny ourselves. That means if we want to see the power of God operate through our lives, we got to drop our agenda. We have to drop our agenda. 
Where do you see EX Ministries 10 years from now? I don't know. 10 days, I don't know. Because it's God's. So I'm going to try my best to stay faithful to what he's called me to do. And that's all I can do. I'm following him. Amen. My agenda is gone. I don't have a mega church vision for ABC either. I was talking to a pastor the other day and he was telling me, man, just, you know, I just need a, I, I, I just really wish I had started my church out like you did. And, you know, with no advertising, no sign or nothing and just let the people invite people and that kind of thing. Really wish I had started out because, man, you, you I mean, your, 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 your situation is carefree, man. And you just, I said, carefree. I said, there's people in there. I mean, but you don't really have, you know, no craziness. There's some crazy people in there. Does it have a door? Is there a door on the building? If there's a door on the building that opens and closes, there's going to be some crazy people in here. I don't care what I'm preaching. I don't care what God is doing. I don't care. Jesus could show up and get on the drums. And it's going to be some crazy people in here. Because when Jesus was on earth, he, had, he narrowed it down to 12. And one of those was crazy. That's Jesus. And you know if Jesus had somebody crazy following him, you know I'm going to have a whole bunch of folks. If there's a door, is there a door on the building? Does it open and close? Then crazy is going to walk through it. <laughs> now, if we was having church with no door, we had church in my house. And it was crazy enough. In my house. Crazy. Crazy came in the house. We, that was one of the main reasons we had to get it out of the house. <laughs> Two crazy couples came and that's too many for me. Now, y'all ain't tearing my house up. It's time to move. Though we are confident and secure in God, and we're definitely confident and secure in God because he's God. So as long as we're in him, in his shadow, resting in him, there is confidence there because he's God and we're confident in who he is. So though we are confident and secure in God, we are not haughty and high-minded. Amen. That means we don't get caught up in ourselves and think we have it like that. Amen. We don't compare ourselves to other people. We don't compare our righteousness to someone else because two filthy rags is just rags. First Timothy 6 and 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not what? High minded. Nor trust in what? Be not high minded. Don't trust in uncertain riches. And all riches are uncertain. But. In the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So we are trusting, putting our trust in God, not the riches. We must decrease in our way, in our own way, and fully accept the way of God in order to walk in his what? Authority. Authority. I love this scripture right here because these are some brothers that tried to do what they saw. They tried to do it for reputation. They wanted the people to see them operate like those that had the authority of God. They did not have the authority of God, and yet they tried to fake it. I tell people all the time, if you're not operating in God's authority, you better leave demons alone. And that's the confidence we have in God to operate in his authority. 
But this says, this is talking about the sons of Sceva, the evil spirit, when they tried to cast the spirit out. And they, I don't even know why they did this, but they said, you know what, demons, I cast you out like Paul does. And they said, Jesus, we know. We even know Paul. But who are you? It's a bad reality. At that point, you have realized that you have stumbled up on something. Paul, I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, beat them up. That's what prevailed against them. Whipped them, whipped the clothes off so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. One dude whipped a whole bunch of them. I've seen that happen in church. Hey Amen. I recommend when demons manifest in church, take them out. Take them out and deal with it. Don't interrupt the whole service because that's what they want. They'll stay in there longer just so they can get attention. Well, I'll take them out. And some, some people like the attention that the demons bring. I was in one church and a lady, I was praying. We, we were praying, had an altar call. And a lady came all the way from the back, ran all the way to the front, got right where I was standing, fell down and slithered the rest of the way like a snake and slithered back and forth and slithered back and forth. And uh, somebody came up to me and told me, oh, yeah, she did. That happens to her all the time. I said, well, just let her slither. <laughs> slither on. We just ignored her. We, I was praying for people, whatever. She's slithering all back. She got tired of slithering, got her dirty self up. Oh, can't get no attention in here. Man, this dude is a trip. Walking in God's authority requires what? Self-denial. If there's you in there, you can't walk in his authority. You have to give yourself up to walk in his authority. Self-denial and contentment on a daily basis. Did you hear me? To walk in his authority requires self-denial and contentment on a daily basis. Meaning you can never be full of yourself and full of his authority. Let me say that again. You can never be full of yourself and full of his authority. And the way you know you're not full of his authority is because whenever you're full of yourself, you're going to fall into sin. Bible said pride cometh before the what? Before the what? And a haughty heart before what? Destruction. So the minute you're full of yourself, God's authority is gone. And you're going to fall. You have to deny yourself and be content on a daily basis. You have to be content with who you are and you got to deny yourself. Allow God to use you like you are in order to operate in his authority. Trusting God for our future is contingent upon trusting God with our present. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. We should be content in our present state and not focused on the future. So if we trust God in the present, we know God is going to handle the future. Philippians 4 and 11, not that I speak in respect of want. Paul says, but I have learned in whatsoever. How many times I have to read this scripture in here? Look at somebody and say whatsoever. whatsoever. In whatsoever state 
Like the old folks say, in what's another state? <laughs> I am. Therewith to be what? I'm going to be content. And this is a man who was in jail. Wrote most of his letters. Staring at a chopping block that had his name on it. In jail and content. Last is first. In Luke 22 and 23, the disciples of Jesus were blinded by self-righteousness. These are the young men that God had called. And they were blinded by self-righteousness. They believed that they were above betrayal and coveted personal recognition. Jesus had just talked to him and told him, hey, son of man's going to be betrayed. And one of you are going to do it. And boy, then they all start murmuring. First trying to figure out who it is. And then to not be the one started boosting themselves up. Well, I would never do that because I'm really his favorite. <laughs> really? I thought I, I'm really the favorite because remember when we was fishing that time and I gave him a fish to eat? Y'all didn't have none. So I really think he likes me the best. Yes, but see, I am a doctor with a degree. So that's Luke. I'm, I'm degreed. So I have to be his favorite because I'm good in the spiritual and in the natural. I'm somebody. Yeah, it sounds just like us, doesn't it? Jesus right next to him. See, I told you crazy don't care. Jesus right there listening. Luke 22 and 23 starts out. They begin to inquire among themselves which one is going to betray him, which one should do this thing. And of course, human nature sparked the better than you. I'm better than you. I wouldn't do it because I'm better than you. And all of a sudden, there was also strife among them, which one of them should be accounted the greatest. But Jesus let them know that a servant or one that esteems others higher than himself is the greatest. And Jesus esteemed these men higher than himself. Because later on in the Bible, he said, greater works than these shall you do. Can I keep preaching in here? Y'all getting quiet. But Jesus let them know that a servant or one that esteems others higher than himself is the greatest. Mark 9 and 35. And he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. So if you want to be first, you must be first to serve. Amen. We've got the church all wrong. Folks are starting churches so that they can be served. Ten members. You only have ten members. Six of them are on your security. You preaching to four people and six looking for somebody. Amen. Yeah. If you know me and my wife, that's what we are. We're servants here. We serve y'all. Don't we serve you? Yeah. Everyone here, we, that's, that's who we are. That's what we do. We're not lifting ourselves up above you. And any of these guys that hang with me, those that spend time with me even outside of here, you know, I don't ever make a difference in me and you. 
Why would I do that? I don't like that kind of stuff. It's creepy to me. It's true. I don't like it. Jesus told them that the Gentile leaders seek notoriety and titles. I think he was talking about some church folks, future church folks. They seek notoriety and titles, but they should not because their reward for following him would be much greater. You don't have to seek a title in this life because you're going to, he said, you're going to judge the tribes of Israel. Luke 22 and 25. And he said, the kings of the Gentiles are lords over them. And those who have authority are given Names of honor. But let it not be so with you. But he who is greater, let him become like the younger. And he who is chief, like a servant. Summary. Many of us were raised to be what? Self-aware. I like this term self-aware because it really means, it's really what happened with Eve in the garden after they ate off the tree. The, the uh, devil told him, hey, you eat off this tree, you will be self-aware. In other words, you will be like a God. That's what self-aware is. That means do what thou wilt. You'll be able to do your own thing versus what God wants you to do. That's being self-aware. You know, when, and I, I like this term. It, it actually comes from artificial intelligence because I'm a sci-fi kind of guy. So artificial intelligence says that when a, a being or a computer or, or an inanimate object becomes self-aware, it means it has its own agenda. So if the computer becomes self-aware, it's artificial intelligence. No matter what you've programmed it to do, it's going to do its own thing. Right? Kind of like the movie I, Robot or something like that. When it becomes self-aware, it has its own agenda and you can no longer control it or manipulate it or make it stop. That's self-awareness. Okay? That's what happens to us. We become self-aware. We, we get our own plight. We get our own thing and nobody can stop us. Nobody can change us. We're self-aware. And many of us were raised to be self-aware. We were taught at a young age that we should seek to be better than others so we can stand out. Because of the struggles of our parents, many of us grew up in strife with little or no contentment. So if there's a struggle there, many of us, we heard our mama complain about what she didn't have a lot. The whole baby boomer thing, complain what she didn't have, what she wanted to get. And, and don't be like your daddy and don't be like this and you have this and that. She began to push it so much until she forgot to teach you about marriage and family. No, you get out there and do your thing so you can have better. Instead of raising you up to be a wife, raising you up to be a husband. No, we're going to raise you up to look good in front of people. Get out there and get you something. Can I tell the truth in here? Because of the struggles of our parents, many of us grew up in strife with little or no contentment. If you grew up under a single mother, then you definitely grew up with no contentment because your single mother had to complain a lot because she was doing the job of a mother and a father. You heard that. So in the eyes of others, you felt less than you felt inferior, especially in the eyes of those that had both their parents. So you had to make up more about yourself. You had to do more. You had to go on a quest of self so that you could improve people's 
opinion of you. So you learn to run fast, you learn to sing, you learn to play an instrument, you learn to do something that would get people's attention so you could feel better about your state. So that even though you were growing up without a father or mother in the house, look what I can do. Oh, I'm telling the truth in here and that's okay. You don't have to agree with it. You became self-aware. So now you're older, now you're 30, now you're 40 and you still a slave to people's opinions. Still carried around newspaper clippings of the beauty pageant you run, won in 82. <laughs> won the talent, eighth grade talent show. You still have the beta tape. <laughs> trying to show it. Nobody had a beta player. <laughs> because you've had to do that. Or it manifests in new ways now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you got to have money and always drive a nice car. Even if you can't afford it. That's yeah. right. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. So what guys do, they'll just get with a girl that's got a nice car. That's good enough. Isn't that sorry? That's sorry. But they'll do it because they're they're slaves to people's opinion. That doesn't end. It doesn't end. Just because they're 40 and 50, they're going to still be worried about what people think. Unless God changes it. Or unless they allow God to change it. We constantly heard the complaints of others and decided that in the future we would, have, we would have this or that and do whatever it took to get it. You know, you, you, you just didn't have it. Your mom just couldn't afford it. She was raising you by herself. She couldn't afford it. So you told yourself, when I get old, I'm going to have it. Then you went out there and got a career or something that is so far from God, but it's making you the money so that you can show out in front of people. They seek pleasure, fame, titles, and have the desire to be better and achieve more than others. Such selfish ambitions cause people to ignore what is really important to God. His desire is not for us to be the best, but only for us to live for him. God's desire is not for us to have titles and lord over others, but to deem others as important as ourselves. God's desire is to build a kingdom on earth where Jesus is the ruler and we all conform to his plan. Sure, we will achieve things in this life to better ourselves. But we should always follow Christ's example of serving others. Luke 22, later on in that passage in Luke, Jesus is teaching them. He's schooling these young guys because they didn't know. And Jesus didn't give up on them. He knew who he chose. He let them sit there and argue. This is his perfect opportunity to teach them different. That's one thing I loved about the apostles. They listened and learned. They listened and learned no matter how haughty they were. You know, Peter was very haughty. As a matter of fact, I believe... Just because of what Jesus said later in the passage that Peter, I believe he felt he was the greatest because Jesus personally addressed him and said, Peter, the devil just petitioned God to tempt you. Tempt me? I just won. I'm the greatest. I'm with you till you die, Jesus. I'm not going anywhere. He said before the cock crows three times, you would have betrayed me. All of them are going to betray him. They're trying to figure out who's not going to betray him and none of them are above betrayal. You may do it different than Judas. You may not betray him unto death. But you're going to betray him. When Jesus wanted them to understand, y'all pointing fingers at Judas and every one of you going to betray me. None of y'all are above betrayal. Yeah, we like to point the finger at the Judas. But how many times have we been Judas? Luke 22 and 27, for which is greater, the guest who is seated at a meal or the servant who is waiting on him? 
Is it not the guest? But I am among you as a what? Servant. But you are those who have kept with me through my troubles. And I will give you a kingdom as my father has given one to me. Jesus said, I am serving you. But if you serve others, I'll reward you. You don't need man's reward. You don't need man's accolades. I have a reward for you. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com.